Chapter Forty One of Gunman's Reckoning by Max Brand. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. There was one complication which Nellie Lebron might have foreseen after her pretended change of heart and her simulated confession to Joe Rix that she still loved the lion-like Lord Nick. But strangely enough, she did not think of this phase, and even when her father the next morning approached her in the hall and tapping her arm whispered, "'Good girl, Nick has just heard, and he's hunting for you now.' Even then the full meaning did not come home to her. It was not until she saw the great form of Lord Nick stalking swiftly down the hall that she knew. He came with a glory in his face, which the last day had graven with unfamiliar lines, and when he saw her he threw up his hand so that it almost brushed the ceiling, and cried out, what could she do? Try to push him away? To explain? There was nothing to be done. She had to submit when he swept her into his arms. Ricks has told me. Ricks has told me. Ah, Nell, you little fox. Told you what, Nick? Was he, too, a party to the murderous plan? But he allowed himself to be pushed away. I've gone through something in the last few days. Why did you do it, girl? She saw suddenly that she must continue to play her part. Some day I'll tell you why it was that I gave you up so easily, Nell. You thought I was afraid of Donnegan? He ground his teeth and turned pale at the thought. But that wasn't it. Some day I can tell you. But after this, the first man who comes between us, Donnegan or any other, I'll turn him into powder under my heel. He ground it into the floor as he spoke. She decided that she would see how much he knew. "'It will never be Donnegan, at least,' she said. "'He's done for today, and I'm almost sorry for him, in spite of all that he's done.' He became suddenly grave. "'What are you saying, Nell?' "'Why, Joe told you, didn't he? They've drawn Donnegan out of town, and now they're lying in wait for him. Yes, they must have him. By this time, it's ten o'clock.' A strange, tense exclamation broke from Lord Nick. They've gone for Donnegan? Yes, are you angry? The big man staggered. One would have said that he had been stunned with a blow. Gary, he whispered. What are you saying? Nell, he muttered hoarsely. Did you know about it? But I did it for you, Nick. I knew you hated. No, no, don't say it, he added bitterly after a moment. This is for my sins. And then to her, but you knew about it and didn't warn him. You hated him all the time you were laughing with him and smiling at him. Oh, Nell, what a merciless witch of a woman you are. For the rest of them, I'll wait till they come back. What are you going to do, Nick? I told them I'd pay the man who killed Donnegan with lead. Did the fools think I didn't mean it? Truly, no matter what shadow had passed over the big man, he was the lion again, and Nell shrank from him. We'll wait for them, he said. We'll wait for them here. And they sat down together in the room. She attempted to speak once in a shaken voice, but he silenced her with a gesture, and after that she sat and watched, in quiet, the singular play of varying expressions across his face. Grief, rage, tenderness, murderous hate. They followed like a puppet play. What was Donnegan to him? And then there was a tremor of fear. Would the three suspect 
when they reached the shack by the ford, and no Donnegan came to them. The moments stole on, then the soft beat of a galloping horse in the sand. The horse stopped. Presently they saw Joe Ricks and Harry Masters pass in front of the window, and they looked as though a cyclone had caught them up, juggled them a dizzy distance in the air, and then flung them down carelessly upon bruising rocks. Their hats were gone, and the clothes of burly Harry Masters were literally torn from his back. Joe Ricks was evidently far more terribly hurt, for he leaned on the arm of Masters, and they came on together, staggering. "'They've done the business,' exclaimed Lord Nick, "'and now, curse them, I'll do theirs.' But the girl could not speak. A black haze crossed before her eyes. Had Donnegan gone out madly to fight the three men in spite of her warning? The door opened. They stood in the doorway, and if they had seemed a horrible sight passing the window, they were a deadly picture at close range. And opposite them stood Lord Nick. In spite of their wounds, there was murder in his face, and his revolver was out. "'You've met him? You've met Donnegan?' he asked angrily. Masters literally carried Joe Ricks to a chair and placed him in it. He had been shot through both shoulders, and though tight bandages had staunched the wound, he was still in agony. Then Masters raised his head. "'We've met him,' he said. "'What happened?' But Masters, in spite of the naked gun in the hand of Lord Nick, was looking straight at Nellie Lebron. "'We fought him.' "'Then say your prayers, Masters.' "'Say prayers for the peddler, you fool,' said Masters bitterly. "'He's dead, and Donnegan's still living.' There was a faint cry from Nellie Lebron. She sank into her chair again. "'We've been double-crossed,' said Masters, still looking at the girl. "'I was going down the gulch the way we planned. I come to the narrow place where the cliffs almost touch, and right off the wall above me drops a wildcat. I thought it was a cat at first, and then I found it was Donnegan. The way he hit me from above knocked me off the horse. Then we hit the ground. I started for my gun. He got it out of my hand. I pulled my knife. He got that away, too. His fingers work with steel springs and act like a cat's claws. Then we fought barehanded. He didn't say a word, but kept snarling in his throat, always like a cat. And his face was devilish. Made me sick inside. Pretty soon he dived under my arms, got me up in the air. I came down on my head. Of course, I went out cold. When I came to, there was still a mist in front of my eyes and this lump on the back of my head. He figured that my head was cracked and that I was dead. That's the only reason he left me. Later, I climbed on my horse and fed him the spur. But I was too late. I took the straight cut for the ford, and when I got there, I found that Donnegan had been there before me. Joe Ricks was lying on the floor. When he got to the shack, Donnegan was waiting for him. They went for their guns, and Donnegan beat him to it. The hound didn't shoot to kill. He plugged him through both shoulders and left him lying helpless. But I got a couple of bandages on him and saved him. Then we cut back for home and crossed the marsh, and there we found the peddler. Too late to help him, maybe Donnegan knew that the peddler was something of a flash with a gun himself, and he didn't take any chances. He met him face to face, the same way he met Joe Ricks, and killed him, 
shot him clean between the eyes. Think of shooting for the head with a snap shot. That's what he done, and Joe didn't have time to think twice after that slug hit him. His gun wasn't even fired. He was beat so bad on the draw. So Joe and me come back home, and we come full of questions. Let me tell you something, muttered Lord Nick, putting up the weapon which he had kept exposed during all of the recital. You got what was coming to you. If Donnegan hadn't cleaned up on you, you'd have had to talk turkey with me, understand? Wait a minute, protested Harry Masters. And Joe Ricks, almost too far gone for speech, set his teeth over a groan and cast a look of hatred at the girl. Wait a minute, Chief. There's one thing we all got to get straight. Somebody had tipped off Donnegan about our whole plan. Was it the peddler or Ricks or me? I guess good sense to tell a man that it wasn't none of us, eh? Then who was it? The only other person who knew about the plan, Nell, Nell the crooked witch, and it's her that murdered the peddler. Cursor. He thrust out his bulky arm as he spoke. Her that lied her way into our confidence with a lot of talk about you, Nick. Then what did she do? She goes running to the gent that she said she hated. Don't you see her play? She makes fools of us. She makes a fool out of you. She dared not meet the glance of Lord Nick. Even now, she might have acted out her part and filled in with lies, but she was totally unnerved. Get Ricks to bed, was all he said, and he did not even glance at Nellie Lebron. Masters glowered at him and then silently obeyed, lifting Joe as a helpless bulk, for the fat man was nearly fainting with pain. Not until they had gone and he had closed the door after them and upon the murmurs of the servants in the hall did Lord Nick turn to Nelly. Is it true? he asked shortly. Between relief and terror her mind was whirling. Is what true? You haven't even sense enough to lie, Nell, huh? It's all true, then. And last night, after you wormed it out of Joe, you went to Donnegan. She could only stare miserably at him. And that's why you pushed me away when I kissed you a little while ago. Once more she was dumb, but she was beginning to be afraid, not for herself, but for Donnegan. Nell, I told you I'd never let another man come between us again. I meant it. I know you're treacherous now, but that doesn't keep me from wanting you. It's Donnegan again, Donnegan still. Nell, you've killed him. As sure as if your own finger pulled the trigger when I shoot him. He's a dead one, and you've done it. If only words would come, but her throat was stiff and cold and aching. She could not speak. You've done more than kill him, said Lord Nick. You've put a curse on me as well, and afterward I'm going to even up with you. You hear me? Now when I shoot Donnegan, I'm doing a thing worse than if he were a girl or a baby. You can't understand that. I don't want you to know. But sometime, when you're happy again and you're through grieving for Donnegan, I'll tell you the truth and make your heart black for the rest of your life. Still words would not come. She strove to cling to him and stop him, but he cast her away with a single gesture and strode out the door. End of chapter 41